Hello, world, and welcome back to the Morning Geekdom Podcast. As always, I am your host, Anthony Matulin, and today I am joined by the Keebler himself, Tyler, and we will be discussing the holiday classic, Christmas Vacation. Tis the season to be jolly, la 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 After vacationing across America and throughout Europe, this holiday season, the Griswolds are going to play it safe. Clark, we're stuck under a truck! They're staying at home. I give you the Griswold family Christmas tree. Hope you're not getting sap all over your sweater, Clark. All Clark wants is a quiet, old-fashioned Christmas. Sorry. Got a little knot here. You can work on that. What he's going to get is the gift that keeps on living. Merry Christmas. His family. We didn't come to impose. <laughs> oh, hell, there's plenty of room. Do you sleep with your brother? Do you know how sick and twisted that is, Mom? Well, I'm sleeping with your father. Have you got a kiss for me? Eh, you better take a rain check on that, Art. He's got a lip fungus they ain't identified yet. But no holiday could ever be more deeply touching. We were gonna call, but... Eddie wanted to make it a surprise. If I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. <laughs> ah, I'm really gonna fly down the hill with this stuff. So genuinely moving. Can I refill your eggnog for you? Drive you out to the middle of nowhere, leave you for dead. More truly uplifting. Can I show you something? I was just blouse browsing. Or more down to earth. If Santa is smart, he'll stay well clear of this joint. It's a death trap. Then Christmas with the Griswolds. Everybody come out quick, look at the lights! They want you to say grace. I pledge allegiance to the flag. Of the United States of America. This year, let Chevy Chase light up your holidays. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That thing had nine lives. She just spent them all. <laughs> you woo, crack up. How you doing, buddy? Doing all right, man. There's some pep in your voice today that's not really usually there. A hello world made it seem like you're uh, you're happy for once. I'm glad to hear it. Well, I mean, clearly you don't listen to the podcast because I say the same thing every time. I do, but, oh. but you say it, hello world, today it was very, <laughs> hello world, you know, there, okay. was, there was joy in your voice, I'm glad. I'm overcompensating because I'm a little sick, so, okay. but I'm just overcompensating. Just in general, buddy, talking to you makes me makes me pretty excited. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's the first and last nice thing you've ever said. <laughs> well, I was, I was overcompensating by telling you how excited I am to talk to you. <laughs> okay, that's it. Good. <laughs> good how how are how, how's your uh, how's your christmas decorating and whatnot tyler it's going well you know we had my son indy brought out the decorations on thanksgiving night um so we decorated we hung up the stockings that night and then did the rest of the inside of the house the next day and i yesterday just got around to putting one thing up outside so inside great outside bad um <laughs> Are, are you one of these people who don't like, like, do you have specific days or rules about when you'll decorate and when you won't decorate? 
Not really. I know when you were talking to Damien last podcast, you said you do it basically in September. So I'm not that ridiculous, but, um, uh, okay. Cal- calm down. I said, I put up, we put up our Halloween stuff in September. I said, we put up our Christmas yeah. stuff, maybe October 31st <laughs> okay, inside, well. inside though, not outside. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, I don't have any rituals or no, I, I'm not weird. I mean, I have other rituals and I'm weird about other things, but not about Christmas. Um, I guess in general, just wait until after Thanksgiving or right then. Um, but no, the problem with outside is, so this house we live in now, it's all stucco and there's no overhang, nothing that you can easily hook some lights into. So our outside of the house always looks awful. You know, the house itself in general <laughs> looks okay. Okay. But for Christmas time, it's just a lousy house for decorating. Um, well, they, ha- they have all like the light projection things now that you can buy. So you don't actually have to you know, put anything on your house. They have the light projections that project different lights and whatnot so maybe you got to get one of those man it's you know it's 2018 what, what kind of communist person are you who just decorates by putting a light just a projection light that's not real <laughs> well, you live in the fucking desert and you live in a stucco house like adobe style i'm not trying to have you like blow out the walls by putting a putting a, a nail through it you don't want me to go all clark griswold on this i would love that but i don't think it's ever going to happen my wife won't let it happen i mean i, I get to put up what she deems an appropriate amount of lights outside. It's not ever appropriate to me. <laughs> you want to go overboard? You want to I would like to go overboard. Area. Yeah, I'd like to go overboard. I'd like to do like the inflatable, <laughs> like snowman in the front, all that shit. And uh, yeah, she's just not letting it happen. That's kind of cool. The inflatable stuff is fun. And uh, I can see, you know, why, why that's appealing. We don't have any, we have a little stand up, wire framed snowman but not the inflatable stuff um but that's cool but uh, the projector <laughs> the projector stuff that's just lazy you I mean, literally put a box or whatever it is a little little thing on the ground and you press a button and you're done what well, i mean there's there might maybe some programming to it. it's not like <laughs> whatever no, you, Do press you, have buttons. A, you have a cactus to fucking decorate i did at our, the house we had before <laughs> we moved to uh oregon two saguaros out front and that was fun that looked really good but you got no saguaros now we so it's a long story i don't want to get into the irrigation issues we had anthony it's it's a sensitive subject (laughs) dude arizona has zero irrigation issues you have no rain i'm talking about man you know installed irrigation oh got it got it pulled up all the plants we had in the in the front yard uh and we've been meaning to add new vegetation some Zero escaping, if you're familiar with that term, living in the desert. I am not. There's, you know, it's a, it's, you live in California, you waste water more than anybody on grass <laughs> that shouldn't, shouldn't naturally be, can't, you know, shouldn't, doesn't naturally grow. So I have zero grass at my house. Thank you. Good, because your state lacks all precious <laughs> natural resources. <laughs> but I love that. See, I hate you so much. I talk bad about the state I love so much. I love California. Mm-hmm. Oh God! Is this is this what is this what we're doing? This podcast irrigation and yeah, hate for gotta, state. I'm done, man. I gotta go. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. Thank you for joining me. Anyways, um, all right, we're gonna talk about Christmas vacation. Uh, nice segue. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. It's uh, yeah. Anyways, you want to do the synopsis? Do it. Th- this one's uh one. It's literally one sentence. So if anybody's asking, or I'm sure no one's actually asking, anybody is concerned or questioning where I get the synopsises from. Synopsises. Synopsis. Synopsis. Thank you. Uh, just straight off IMDb. Mm-hmm. So 
Uh, this one is the Griswold family. Oh, Jesus Christ. I can't even talk this morning. Nope. <laughs> the Griswold family's plans for a big family Christmas predictably turn to a big disaster. That is accurate. As it's basic awful. as it could possibly be. It's terrible. But accurate. Terrible. They literally, they use big twice in one sentence. That's true. There's, <laughs> there's 11 words and two of them are big. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, it wouldn't, a synopsis should make you want to learn more about it or watch it. And this, this movie or this, that synopsis does neither. So, I mean, to be fair, it's the third movie in, in a four movie series. Like mm-hmm. you kind of know what you're getting into, right? Right. You've seen the first two, you kind of understand like the hijinks and like what the what the family's about and kind of what the comedy is going to be about, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Have you seen the other two? I've seen the, the other three. Well, this obviously when this came out, there would be only two. Yes. So you've seen those two and then yes. you've seen the fourth one. Correct. Which one do you like the best? Uh, the one I watched most as a kid was European Vacation. Um, and would- so we, my brothers and I would watch that on hbo or whatever it was i don't think we owned it but we would watch that pretty regularly and uh i i've i think i watched the first vacation much later and um didn't love it as much it just seemed by the by the time i'd seen it it seemed dated um i don't know so uh i think european vacation is the one i've like i like the most you're so wrong oh yeah (laughs) European vacation is the worst. It's the most forgettable to me. It might be. I haven't seen it in 20 years, but you know, what I remember and what my childhood brain tells me is that, you know, (laughs) that's, that's the one I like the most. I didn't say it's the best. I said, I get you. There's big Ben. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I love the first one. Um, I I don't, I obviously it's dated. It's was made in the seventies, but it's still Mm -hmm. funny. Like John Candy's fantastic in it. Yeah. Um, I think this is my favorite one of them all, uh, with Vegas vacation. I guess Vegas vacation is probably the worst one to me. Yeah, probably as a movie, but there are so many enjoyable parts of that one. Yeah. Same, same as with this movie, uh, which we can get into. And I don't think this is the best movie either, but Vegas (laughs) vacation is, uh, there's a lot of redeeming parts for that movie that that make me it's one of those where if it's on i'll watch it or at least stay tuned for a while and until it comes around to one of the parts that i love all right uh so this movie came out in 1989 you would have been like two um Uh, (laughs) or eight uh directed is someone yelling at your house what's going on over there there's not a noise around i thought indy was yelling at you okay (laughs) directed by jeremiah chachik I got. Do you have any idea who that is? I looked him up the other day, and he basically doesn't exist in the world of Hollywood. <laughs> I've never heard it. Movie. I've never heard of this guy. Yeah. Uh, originally, so what we mentioned on the Home Alone podcast, this movie was supposed to be originally directed by Chris Columbus, mm-hmm. um, who directed obviously Home Alone, uh, two of the Harry Potter movies, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, a bunch of stuff, but couldn't get along with Chevy Chase, so he he was nixed because obviously they got to. They got to keep Chevy Chase. And sure. it was, what's that? Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, written by John Hughes. So obviously John Hughes has written and directed a bunch of good stuff. We don't need to get into all that. Right. Uh, had a budget of $25 million and made $71.3 million. So okay. decent success. Mm-hmm. Uh, 64% on Rotten Tomatoes from critics. 86% uh, from the general, general folk like me and you. Uh-huh. Which one do you which one do you uh 
tend to go with? Critics? Uh, in this case, 64% for critics, 86% general audience. In this case, with the critics. Um, oh, man. I know. We can get into it more. but why, uh, why am I having you on this podcast? I don't know. I mean, when you said, <laughs> let's do this one, I thought, okay, yeah. I knew I'd seen this in the last couple of years, and my opinion of it went down a little bit at that went down a little bit at that time okay um but uh i thought yeah you know this is still one of my that's a great christmas movie of course I, i'll talk about I, it but i mean to be fair i asked you which christmas movies you wanted to do and this was in your list so yeah yeah i didn't choose <laughs> it so screw you <laughs> i think you picked uh what would you pick love actually i said um, love actually yep you picked three i think love actually this and something else i can't remember you said Die Hard, and I said Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. I definitely didn't say Die Hard because I've already we've already recorded Die Hard, fuck stick. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> Die Hard is absolutely a Christmas movie. But you'll have to listen to the Die Hard podcast to see why we think that. Fine. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> based on the John Hughes short story Christmas '59, which I had no idea until I did research that it, John Hughes actually wrote short stories mm-hmm. and that this is based on one, and then it's part of the. Uh, I don't know, vacation series, I guess you would call it, which yeah. includes four movies. I didn't know that there was a, a direct sequel to this. Did you? To Christmas Vacation? Christmas Vacation is the only one that has a direct sequel. came out in 2003, made for TV, called Christmas Vacation, Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure. Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> and the only person from the original show, original movie that was in it of any note was was Randy Quaid. Well, I love Cousin Eddie, but I'm glad I didn't even hear about that because that would just be a waste of everyone's time. Have you ever read about him, Dennis or, uh, uh, Randy Quaid? Mm, I feel like he's been in the news lately, criminally. <laughs> yeah. He like he was like squatting in people's houses with his wife, all this stuff, and then he like fled to Canada. Oh, what? <laughs> and for years was like not allowed to come back into the U.S. And just recently, wow. I guess was, but yeah, he like was doing all this shady shit and then bailed and like lived in Canada. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Look well, it up. It's pretty, it's pretty entertaining. That Fucking... sounds like Randy Quaid is more like cousin Eddie than, you know, than you would have thought. See, now I thought maybe cousin Eddie should be in like Shawshank. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> He's just maybe. meeting up with, with, with Red and Andy yeah. in Canada instead. No. Uh, no, I don't think he's on the same wavelength as, as Red and Andy. Hmm. Yeah. What wa- what wavelength would that be? I don't know. The one where metal plates are in your head. <laughs> he doesn't want to mess up his part, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> Crank up the microwave. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, you want to get into the categories? I do. All right. So, uh, first category, most watchable scene. Um, I have the opening. So the opening I have all the way from... I guess I have it broken down into two different parts, but I, I mean, the opening to this with, with the animation, I think is really creative. Um, mm-hmm. I think if you don't know, I don't remember the first time I watched this, but it's different than anything I've ever seen with the animation it has the great song that's playing. Yeah. Um, and then it goes right into the uh, Griswold family Christmas tree, you know, where they're going to get it. The great mm-hmm. road rage scene, which mm-hmm. I identify with um, very I'm well. Sure. Yeah. 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 Hey kids, look a deer. <laughs> Gives them the finger. Uh, burn some dust here. Eat my rubber. Yep. And then, what does "eat my road red liver lips" mean? Eat my road red liver lips. That's what he says when he's I gonna. Yeah, I haven't dissected that sentence. Um... I, I, I'm afraid to look it up on the internet because <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's gonna come up. 
Yeah, that's one of those phrases you don't Google. Um, it's just a, a Griswold saying, you know, there's there's no rhyme or reason. There is no deeper meaning. It's just Clark Griswold being Clark Griswold. Okay. Before I, I continue, I actually want to ask you a question. Would you show your kids this movie? At this age? At five or yeah. six, basically? Mm-hmm. Um, nope, because I don't <laughs> think he would like it. <laughs> Okay. Although, so, wait, no. I, I mean, <laughs> I say that because he doesn't like many non-animated movies at this point. Okay. Um, but I do think, and and this is what I'll talk about later. This movie is geared toward a, uh, like a teenage immature person. <laughs> you so, think so yeah, I think I, yeah, I do. Uh, I think that maybe in a year or two he would like this movie because of the, you know, the hijinks and the nonsense and the slapstick and the, the all that stuff. I, I think, yeah, so, this, this movie appeals to, to kids in a way, in a big way. Okay. Before we finish this category, I want to, I want to touch on that. Why do you think this appeals to, to teenagers um, or because of the hijinks and, and whatever? I want to talk about that. Why do you think that? Well, because it's pretty damn ridiculous. This is a ridiculous movie. Um, <laughs> and I think I love this movie. This, you know, this, our generation puts this movie on a pedestal. Um, and our nostalgia, you know, from when we were watching it, you know, the, the, the nostalgia around this movie um, really just makes us at this later stage in life, you know, late 30s and whatnot. Um, I can't even continue that train of thought, but it's just, <laughs> it's just nailed not, it. Yeah, I know. Thank you. Very well spoken. Um, you know, he's in the attic and he steps on two boards that come up and slap him in the face. And he's on this sled that goes a thousand miles per hour and he's plowing through snow banks and cutting across traffic with sparks flying. You don't really think that's still funny, do you? Um, I, I don't think that those scenes particularly are funny, but there's plenty of movies that I've watched that are near and dear to me that I don't think certain parts are funny. I think the problem with comedy is comedy is the 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 hardest form to age well. You know, uh, comedy is usually it's very it's very based on like what's going on in in society at that time or just time in general. You can go back and watch a number of different comedies and and they don't hold up well, but you remember them being like, "Wow, they they were great at that time." Sure. You know, something something I really want to do on this podcast is I want to at some point have a discussion about wedding crashers for instance mm-hmm. which at the time is was hilarious yeah that movie can't be made now right yeah um, so I really want to have like a, a long conversation about that and and why at that time it was so funny and it was only 10 years ago and now it's not yeah. funny which you know you can you can argue yes I still think it's funny but is it socially you know is it socially aware enough yeah um, yeah, it's definitely not socially aware enough. <clears throat> and it's true. It's a good point that comedies age less well than other movies. Yeah. But um, but, a, but a truly good comedy is great from decade to decade. And I think, for me at least, I you know, this movie came out when I was eight. I probably saw it around then, maybe when I was 10 or whatever. Right. Um, and so all the slapstick humor, um, him falling off the house, things of that nature that's right in the wheelhouse of a younger person, you know, that age, yeah. to, you know, just, just as your sense of humor is, is getting better and you appreciate things that are, you know, there's deeper, uh, you know, more subtle humor, things of that nature. You don't need someone to have a, a two by four hit him in the face 
to, to make you laugh. Um, I think that for all those reasons, you know, this movie just isn't as good uh, okay. as it was. And I think it's a PG 13 movie. Um, you know, obviously the target audience to me is those who grew up with the earlier vacation movies, those who love Chevy chase, but also it's, it's a family movie in a sense, even though there's quite a bit of vulgarity toward the end or if, not a, a lot, but just some, um, I think this is a family movie and I think it's one that appeals to a younger audience. And so, um, that makes sense that you would have that stuff in this movie. So I, th- I just think for, from personal, at a personal enjoyment standpoint, that has gone down for me over the years. Okay. I, I can see that. I don't think this movie has a ton of slapstick, you know, physical comedy, like you're saying. Um, the two by four in the face, you know, is, is a, is a, is a gag that's been done millions of times, probably in movies. Yeah. Um, him falling off the, the, the roof. It's still, I don't want to say like I chuckle about it, but it seems relatable. You know what I'm saying? It seems for me, I, I relate it to this father's trying to do all these things for his family so that they can have like this in his eye, in his mind, what is like this ideal Christmas uh, uh, get together, just Christmas vacation. Mm-hmm. And he's doing all these things and you know, he's going over the top and he falls off the roof. I think that probably happens every day. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like I think where someone's stepping on a two by four and getting hit in the face obviously doesn't happen. Um, but what they think, do, what, what throws me off with the two by four situation is that is one of the only parts of the movie that's actually really heartfelt is when he's watching the right. old videos. And that's a, a, a scene that I still love so that when they break it up with the, with the two by four, which I think happens at the beginning of the scene mm-hmm. kind of throws me off. And then he falls out of the, yeah. obviously they open that, the, the, the door to the attic and he falls mm-hmm. down. So the problem is they frame that scene with two really over the top moments, but the scene itself is really one of the only heartfelt moments in the whole movie. And it is. And that makes it getting back to the category. That's that makes that one of the most watchable scenes, even though it's bookended by those, you know, the him fucking himself up. But I think that's, (laughs) I think that, so it's, it's a good mixture of there's goodness throughout this movie. There are good scenes, high quality scenes, but it's all surrounded by just too much of, uh, to me at least, little too much nonsense and okay. thinking of that opening scene which you brought up at the start of this um you know it's it's all slapstick it's you know he's driving under a semi he plows <laughs> oh you know, he, he ramps the uh, he, he launches the car off yeah. a ramp um it's it's yeah anyway i mean i, I don't, I don't want to just trash this movie but i'm just my point is um <laughs> it hasn't aged well for you i get i get it. Yeah. that opening scene is still good though take out the slapstick parts like the road rage scene when they're going to get the tree, like they hike out to get the tree. Like that stuff all makes me laugh or not necessarily laugh out loud, but it makes me smile because like that's shit that people really try to do. You know, they blow the holidays out of, they they, they try to make them bigger than anything else for no reason. You know what I'm saying? I do. That's a good point. Yeah. All right. So we have the (laughs) Clark lighting the Christmas house. Or Clark lighting the house. Um, so with, you know, the in-laws come out, they they couldn't be more different, the sets of in-laws, one being so supportive and then one just being, a set of them just being the worst, uh, where I think uh, the wife's father and, and it says something about like, God. I think Aubrey says that he worked really hard, grandma or grandpa uh-huh. or something like that. And then the, the grandpa just says, so did washing machines. <laughs> That's one of the best <laughs> Which, lines. Yeah, just makes me, it just makes me laugh. Um, you want yeah, to know so why? 
I just I really really like that scene a lot. Um, that that line makes you laugh because it's something you absolutely <laughs> would say to somebody. Maybe super dismissive, unsupportive. <laughs> fuck you, you're not special. I don't know if I would do any of that. Uh, <laughs> and then you know, on the opposite side of the spectrum, that his dad, Clark's dad, <laughs> which makes me laugh, says, "Give me a ho-, you know, if you need any help, give me a holler. I'll be upstairs sleeping." <laughs> yeah. Which makes me laugh. Uh, and then kind of, it's not the same scene, but it's a scene that kind of piggybacks is when Clark uh, discovers what the, the lighting issue is. And then mm-hmm. obviously Cousin Eddie first appearance. Uh, that scene is the most relatable to me where Clark is just losing his shit on everything because yeah. he can't, he spent all this time doing something and, and it can't figure out why it's not working. Dude, that's like every day of my life. No, man, you're totally emotionally stable. <laughs> I don't know that I go that hard, but you know, I get, I get worked up fairly easy. When it comes to that stuff, mm-hmm. yeah, uh-huh. mm-hmm. I do too. And yeah. for me, uh, uh, that's that's the most watchable scene. I know we'll discuss some of the other great ones, but where that scene where the lights finally come on and um, uh, Audrey, gosh, what's what's uh, Juliet Lewis? Beverly no, Beverly. Oh, Ellen. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, Beverly D'Angelo. When she figures out it's the switch, so that sequence plus Eddie's arrival, that you know, that all blends in as one scene for me. And that's such a great scene. I love the, when she's, when, when Ellen's going back to see like if everything's plugged in right and you just see that cluster fuck of everything plugged into each other. (laughs) It's a fire waiting to happen. Dude, it's the best. We've all been there. (laughs) Uh, Then, uh, you know, kind of to, to, to go back to what you were just saying, the sledding scene, which I know you just said how much you dislike it. Yeah. Uh, I, I enjoy the dialogue in that scene, not so much the the action in that scene. Uh, the where, lead up to him. Yeah, yeah, where he's having the conversation with with Eddie and he's uh-huh. talking about, you know, I can't, I have a, uh, they took that metal plate out of my head. Yeah. Uh, they, as you say, they when she would rev up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for an hour. <laughs> so good. Uh, is sledding the most dangerous like activity you can have your kids do? Man, probably. I live in here. You know, you've lived here. There's Not no women, snow, dude. but yeah, I mean, yeah. And this brings up, I, Ashley and I, my wife and I went sledding a decade ago. We went and bought these plastic little saucers, sort of like Clark's. We didn't butter it up with some special <laughs> pan or whatever he does. Yeah. Um, but we're sliding down this little, I am sliding down this little uh, hill and I launch and land, you know, it's snow, everything's covered by snow, but underneath that, like maybe a centimeter underneath the snow is this huge rock and I land right on my shins on it and, uh, fuck sledding, man. It's terrible. Yeah. I would never let my kids do this unless it's on a, just a grass hill, you know, it's all grass, whatever's underneath it. Yeah. I think this might be the most dangerous thing you could have anybody do. Like, have you ever seen anybody sledding that has a helmet on their child? Cause I have not. <laughs> nope. Just a little beanie. Dude, it's it's like fucking con- ice is like concrete, dude. Yeah, I know. I just can't imagine. Like you got to throw. I just remember, like you said, you, you go out, you're all jacked. You know, living in Arizona or California, you're going to sled on like, like you yeah. said, two inches of of, of snow. <laughs> yep. And and dude, you get airborne and you're 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 on concrete. Yeah. And you have is. a little piece of plastic under your ass. It's all bad. Mm-hmm. Nick and I. Uh, when we lived in Seattle, we got one one week when we lived there, we had a, a full like crazy snowstorm that they've never seen before. And we went because everything closed. 
uh, we went and and sledded at the Walgreens parking lot because <laughs> they had like an incline, <laughs> like a like to pull up to the the drive through at the pharmacy. They had like an incline, and uh, oh my. her and I at like thirty two years old went and got sleds and like walked our ass a mile up to Walgreens and we're like sledding. It was awful but fun. Um, no helmets. Well, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sledding is a bad idea. Dude, sledding. Good thing you live in Arizona. Um, and then the last scene I have is just the ending. Um, everything from Jelly of the Month Club mm-hmm. to yeah. his great, his great, uh, you know, rant at the end. I don't even know what you would call that. Uh, just the rant. Yeah. And just one of, the, one of the best rants in movie history. It might be the best. Um, can you can you recite that by by heart? No, I mean I typed it out or copied it from from IMDb. <laughs> it's one I think at one point, and I'm very good at movie monologues. Right. Um, I don't think I think I knew this at one point, but I I don't couldn't do it now. It's just so good. It's so good. Um, at some point, you're gonna have to read that because I have it written okay. down too. But based on my uh, my skills at reading, apparently, not gonna be okay. good. So nobody said reading would be required on this podcast. <laughs> right. yeah. um, and then th- there's, that's the other only one of the other redeeming, you know, moments in that movie is when he's sitting down to read uh what's he reading to the kids. Um, oh, the night before Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, one of the other like heartfelt moments in that, in that mm-hmm. movie. Cause he's so, he's so excited to do that talks to yeah. his dad and his dad like passes him the torch to do it. Uh, and then it's broken up by cousin Eddie, you know, yeah. uh, having kidnapped Clark's boss. Mm-hmm. So those are my, those are some of my favorite scenes from the movie. Um, do you have any, you want to add? Um, and I know we were kind of all like over the, the place. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> so. no, that, that really sums it up. I, I do think the, uh, the pool scene where he's envisioning the pool and, and the woman from the, uh, from the mall that he visits earlier Mary. is getting undressed. <laughs> yeah. And then Ruby Sue comes downstairs again. It's one of the only heartfelt moments where she's saying how she and her brother, I forget his name, barf or whatever. His name yeah, is. It's definitely barf. He doesn't yeah. she keep referring to him as him, yeah. Him's, yeah. him, him scared. And yeah. Shitting um, bricks. Right. <laughs> uh, and she says, you know, we didn't get it. Uh, only good kids we've been good all year, but we got the shaft last year. So <laughs> it pulls out your heartstrings and makes you feel bad for these kids. And, uh, I like that scene. Oh, that's, that's a good one. So the only thing I ever think about that scene is he's, he's thinking about, he's having a fantasy about, you know, having an affair with, with Mary from the mall and the little uh, girl comes down and he's got to have just a raging boner, right? <laughs> man. Uh, yeah. I mean, sure. If you've lived as a man in this world, you know what the reality is, but, uh, that's that's just no. what I every time I see it I'm just like oh man what a it's just the worst worst timing ever <laughs> I know stupid Ruby Sue goddamn Ruby Ruby Sue shitting bricks <laughs> <laughs> all right uh so that so the pool scene is your write in vote for for best for best scene well it's not my favorite scene my favorite okay. scene is is when the lights come on and Eddie and uh, Eddie shows up with the family okay yeah I agree Catherine. I agree with that. Catherine in the in the RV with uh mm-hmm. with snot snot the dog snot. Yeah. <laughs> if he snot gets barf. yeah if he gets if he gets a hold of your leg just let him finish <laughs> <laughs> all right uh so we're gonna go into the next category which is standout performance um I only have two on here uh I wanted to put a third 
and I'll explain it in a second why I didn't. So it's Chevy Chase as Clark, or I think Beverly Beverly D'Angelo as Ellen is really good because she's without her, everybody's just over the top and she's the straight person that everything works off of. Mm-hmm. Um, I really want to put Randy Quaid as cousin Eddie. I just don't think he's in the movie enough to be overall like the the star of the movie. Yeah, um, I went with cousin Eddie. Okay, I think that I think that Chevy Chase is, you know, Clark is an iconic character, and and like you said, Beverly D'Angelo is Ellen. She makes it all work. She's the straight person in the movie, so that you know balances everything else that's going on. Right, but. I just love cousin Eddie. Um, <laughs> Cause you relate or yeah, big time. I am him. And it could be that it's, it's, you can't, they're so intertwined cousin Eddie and Clark, because like you were saying at the dialogue right before the sledding monstrosity, uh, they just play off each other so well. Clark's lines feed in so well with, with Ed, what Eddie says. And it happens in the eggnog scene. It happens in the grocery store when they're shopping. So I think I went with cousin Eddie, but um he and Chevy Chase, he and Clark in this movie are really inseparable. So, so both the eggnog scene and the the shopping at Walmart scene are both so underrated. They're fantastic. Oh, uh, the la- the, yeah, there's, yeah, the, the best. The the eggnog scene makes me laugh every single time. And then the yep. the scene with with the uh, when they're shopping, the oh. sheer amount of dog food he's buying, <laughs> and then Clark throws down like the. He throws down some light balls and he just crushes them with a with the thing of dog food. And I think that's so again, it's not slapsticky, it's just understated. And I think that it pulled yeah. it pulled off really well. And um, that's what makes this a funny movie, is moments yeah. like that. They're right. not trying so hard. They try so hard at other po- at other moments. And I think that's one of the downsides of comedy sequels is that you just have to go over the top a lot of the time. Or even in just comedies like one that always comes to mind is Pineapple Express, Pineapple Express, which the first half of that movie, really funny. And then they just, you can tell the writers have run out of ideas. And so <laughs> yeah. they just throw in the craziest shit just to, to finish it somehow. They deliver some big bang as the movie climaxes. And um, this feels like that, you know, where they've, nothing that outrageous perhaps, but they've run out of ideas. John Hughes, a great writer, classic, you know, uh, Hollywood writer and director, but this is just a moneymaker. So they're just throwing some shit together. Um, it's a little over the top too much for me, but there are still so many great moments like the light bulbs and all these things that if you're just kind of casually watching or not watching intently, you just miss it. And it's so great once you pick up on it. Yeah. Uh, so, so I love that part. See, I, I, I would disagree a little bit where I don't think this movie's over the top, like slapstick. I think that it has moments of that, but I think this movie is fairly charming to me. And maybe, you know, as, as we get older, it loses a little bit of that. Um, mm. But I think to me, it still, it still comes off charming at certain point, certain parts. So it does. But what do I know? This is probably John Hughes's worst movie though, that he wrote. Yeah. I mean, arguably it's not Ferris Bueller's. It's not, it's not breakfast club. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. those are iconic to the point where far surpasses this. True. Before we Although get to the next, I'm looking at, Go ahead. I'm, I'm looking at his uh, uh, IMDb. His IMDb history, and he wrote Flubber. He wrote Home Alone three. <laughs> Come on, man. I, I mean, the, this is uh, the H A H A U. H A U. Blasphemous to say the H A U is uh, doesn't have some great elements to it, but Home Alone three. Come on, <laughs> Come on, John Hughes. Just, just to, I just want to. I'm going to throw this out there right now. This is this movie is not Home Alone. Okay, 
not even close. Home Alone is far superior to this movie. Absolutely. I love 100%. Christmas Vacation. It's probably in my top five Christmas movies, but it's not Home Alone. Nope. Okay. And which, again, Home Alone has aged very well. And like you said, mm-hmm. there's parts of this movie that have not aged at all. And we'll get into that yes. in a little bit. Okay. Before we move into the next uh, category, though, I want to ask you a question. You mentioned, you know, Chevy Chase, and he's kind of a comedy staple. Um, what is, what, what's the best Chevy Chase movie, you think? Because I know you love Fletch. Fletch. It's not even a question. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Fletch is so... See, and that's a movie, that's a comedy... That is as funny now as it was in 1986 or 85, whenever it came out. But very slapsticky. I don't think so. Okay. You're going to tell me Fletch so. has like a rock solid, rock solid story. Or is it relying it's on g- gags a lot? What are the gags? Uh, I mean, we're not going to get into it right now, but there, there's some, there's some gags like his, his, well, I mean, his disguises, things like that. Like, okay. There's some, there's some gags. Sure, sure. Those those can be described as gags, but it's not physical. No, it's not physical. Hurting comedy. myself, humor. Yeah, no. and so and so that to me, that's that's more slapsticky. That's that's stuff that you can do in any era, and sure, it'll get some cheap laughs. Right. But um, no, they're Fletch. Anyway, to answer the question, <laughs> Fletch to me, but he he's got some great, some great, great. Yeah, Caddyshack. I, mean, I was going to say Caddyshack. Caddyshack or Three Amigos. Three Amigos, man. I love Three that. Amigos is fantastic still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. <Look> uh, here. <laughs> dude, I just caught it somehow. I don't know if I it was on YouTube and I saw it or someone put it on Instagram or it was on TV. But when they're writing in and they do the song, the three of them, <laughs> their song is fantastic. It is. Um, and then it got me actually thinking because I discussed this with somebody else about, again, movies not holding up well. And we started talking about Blazing Saddles. You want to talk about a movie that you cringe at what you're supposed to laugh at is Blazing yeah. Saddles. It's rough. It is. And that's one of those. I mean, that's another podcast. Yeah. That movie, just pure discomfort watching it now. But for what it's supposed to do, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to make you uncomfortable. It's self-aware. Um, like it's self-aware that yeah, it's that oh, way. Yeah. But it still right. makes you like, oh, am I supposed to laugh? Am I not supposed to laugh? Because I want to laugh at some things, but I'm not supposed to laugh at everything. But Blazing Saddles is no Young Frankenstein, which is the greatest comedy of all time. I don't want to hear it. You are a smart man. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't want to hear it if you're going to say anything. Because that movie holds up. Gene Wilder's a comedy genius, comedic genius. Yep. Mm-hmm. Everybody in that movie is great. All right. Uh, worst performance. I don't have anybody that I would put in the worst performance. Nobody that I'm like, ugh, you're awful. Plenty of people over the top. I don't know that I would put anybody that's just awful. What say you, Mr. Yeah. Tyler? <clears throat> Um, no worse performance. I think one thing I was disappointed by is uh, Juliette Lewis. This is only her second or third movie Mm -hmm. or credited, uh, performance really on IMDb. So she feels very underused. I think that was like the worst thing is she's, she, um, she became, obviously she's nominated for an Oscar for Cape Fear and done a lot of great and very memorable movies from our upbringing. So she just feels very underused. I think I knew she was Audrey in this movie, um, but I only watch this every few years. And so this is the first time that I, that I realized, man, she's not in this at all, basically. She's so I'm, present, but she has very few speaking lines. Right. So I'm glad you brought that up. So obviously, you know, part of the shtick of the, the vacation movies is every movie has a different Rusty and Audrey, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Johnny Galecki and Juliette Lewis are by far the most famous of them. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, are they the most? Did they end up having the best career out of everybody on the, out of the movie? 
I still think Anthony Michael Hall had a better career than Johnny Galecki. Dude, I think Big, well, Big Bang Theory is the worst TV show of all time. Dude, um, for, okay, we don't fucking, I know you don't know this yet. We don't mention Big Bang Theory on this podcast. It's the okay. worst thing ever known to man. Saying Absolutely. all that, dude gets paid like an absorbent amount of money per episode. So, That's fine. Good for him. <laughs> He's getting that paycheck. I'm proud. But look at what Anthony Michael Hall did just in like a five-year span in the 80s. He was so well-known. He was in all the big movies. I know all of them, John Hughes, basically. And when he did like his own, I remember renting Johnny Be Good. Oh, uh, which was probably his first uh, starring role. Like, as, you know, he's like standalone lead character <clears throat> and is fucking awful. I was so disappointed. One of the worst moments of my childhood Dude, watching that movie. But I, love, I love that movie. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so Compared bad. Compared to Anthony Michael Hall, Uma Thurman, and fucking Robert Downey Jr.? Okay, all right. Maybe I'll need to go rewatch that. No, it's but, bad. It's bad. Okay. Jim McMahon? Oh. With the sunglasses on? <laughs> with the sunglasses um, on. But I think it's a good question. But no, Anthony Michael Hall has, even though he's basically been non-existent for 30 years, what he did in that short time frame puts him light years ahead of Big Bang Theory guy, who who in this movie is good. And my uh, I've seen sadly a couple episodes of big bang theory oh, god I, what did i just fucking say my, my <laughs> you can refer to it as that show or whatever you want they do not i don't we don't need to give them any credit because that show is a just travesty all right moving Tw- on though. he makes 25 million a year for that movie fyi Damn. not to mention all of the the residuals he's going to end up getting when they it goes into you know oh god uh, yeah mm-hmm. anyway indication yeah all right so i didn't mean to cut you off we're not talking big bang theory okay fine i know good about to turn this podcast off um (laughs) i just think that they ended up being the most famous people out of out of these movies i know that sounds ridiculous i guess so i mean because that show is so watched and so it has such a big audience audience inexplicably who fucking knows why but so yeah maybe he's more famous but as a better career, Anthony Michael Hall is in five of the most iconic movies of a generation. And you can't beat that with one shitty show that just happened to get a lot of viewers because America is the st- stupidest country. Well, I, mean, I mean, to be fair, he was also on Roseanne, which was a massive show. Was he? Oh, yeah. is he Darlene's boyfriend? Yeah. Or Okay. And ends right, up being, sure. I think, yeah. Baby Daddy on like the new version of that show. I don't know. I haven't watched it. Well, I mean... And then Juliette Lewis against... obviously has a massive career. Yeah. Yes. Uh, in terms of actresses, yeah. she's by far, you know, she's the best Audrey, you know, the best Audrey, yeah. even though she was nothing as Audrey. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Let's go to the next category. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, so we have the Jamie Fox Jamie Foxx award for overacting. I literally can't talk today, guys. Sorry. I'm on, I'm on a lot of medicine. Um, because <laughs> that makes a difference, right? Shut up. Uh, I have all the Chicago PD in this movie. Everybody who is a police officer at the end of this movie are all overacting. It's terrible. Yeah, I forget what the police chief says. Um, it cracked me up. <laughs> I sh- he when, said something about tying him and beating him with something. <laughs> yeah, that, I like that. Um, that was almost one of my nominees for best line, most memorable line. But uh, yeah. I mean, the SWAT team? Yeah, dude. Just talk, talk about over the top. Yeah. 
But the, yeah. every something that makes me laugh every single time is when they blow through the windows and they're like freeze. And somehow Beverly D'Angelo has her hand on <laughs> Chevy Chase's dick. And she's like, yeah. am I allowed to move? And she like shakes his hand and then puts it back. I'm like, why yeah, right. Why would your hand be there? Hey, man. But it makes me laugh she's every scared. time. She is scared. It's a place, a place of comfort. <laughs> Penis is a place of comfort. Okay. It's a that might, couple, man. It's a beautiful thing. That might be the hashtag for this for this podcast. Hashtag. Yep. Um, and then I have a, I don't know how to say her last name, May Quinstel as Aunt Bethany. Oh, <laughs> man. Most overacting. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but that's what she's designed to do. She's one of my uh, who did the most with the least people. She's um, on mine too. Just because they're overacting doesn't mean you don't enjoy it. They're just really uh, like cranking it up. They're they're taking okay. it to an eleven. Well, I to me, and I, I, I always assume that you thought Jamie Foxx is a bad actor, and so I that's do. why you named it. Okay, well, <laughs> right, right or wrong, um, I to me overacting just means you're doing a terrible job. So. Okay, well, let me let me let me. Let's talk about that real quick a little bit. So I do think Jamie mm-hmm. Foxx in general is a bad actor. I think Jamie Foxx... Have Fox, you seen Ray? Ray? Ray is fine, and he overacts the shit out of that whole movie. Okay. He He's playing like a caricature of Ray Charles. Is he not? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel have like you seen it. Ray Charles perform? Yeah, the performance is fine, but I just think in general, he he's, he read what Ray Charles is supposed to be like. There's no nuance in the performance, is what I'm saying. Okay. But he can Damn give man. good performances. Like, I mean, have you seen D- uh, Django? He's fantastic in that movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've seen that. Uh, so, I mean, tell me. We've talked two Jamie Foxx movies where you've said he does a good job. So why is this award named after this guy who, out of 100% of the movies you've named, has done a good job? <laughs> again, I think he's. I, I think that they're fine, but I think he's overacting. I think he, again, there's zero nuance in the performances. Okay. So is he, you could say the Tom Cruise award for overacting, right? A hundred percent. Okay. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's plenty of different people. Hence why at first for the podcast, we started naming them different actors. Okay. It was the Ryan Reynolds award. There was a, a number of different awards. True. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't have anyone for this category. I don't think. Okay. Nothing. Nothing. All right. Let's move on then. Mm-hmm. You okay with that? I'm ready. Who did the most of the least? So obviously, I, I mean, I think, go ahead. There you go. I think we're all going to say, you know, one person, even though you have him as who is the star of the movie. Um, I think Randy Quaid is, as Cousin Eddie is obviously who's going to win. But I also have a, a gentleman named William Hickory, who's Uncle Lewis. Oh, God. <laughs> who was also, also, I didn't know this until I looked it up. He's also Dr. Finkelstein in Nightmare Before Christmas. No way. Yes. Um, then I, like I said, I have Aunt Bethany. Mm-hmm. But the sleeper of the whole category, and we haven't even talked about him yet, might be Julia Louise Dreyfus and Nicholas Guest oh, yeah. as Margot and Todd, <laughs> who might they be my favorite great. characters in the whole movie. They're fantastic. <laughs> and yeah, this movie has so many sleeper performances, you yeah. know, un, uh, understated performances. I think you could, I would probably say uh randy quaid cousin eddie for this category i mean i said a standout performance but you can also do the most with the least so for me um i might give this award to him but everybody all these little bit characters do great do such a great job um uncle lewis and aunt bethany what a great combo that's like the best like better than <laughs> um, uh, than bogart and bacall bogey and bacall whatever Easy. movie history you ever want to 
any tandem in movie history, you know, Aunt <laughs> Bethany, Uncle Lewis. I mean, she put her cat in a box and then a Jello mold with cat food on it. <laughs> oh, but it, <laughs> Uncle Lewis is just such a dick, too. Yeah. yeah. She's like, did I break wind? Did the whole room clear out? <laughs> yeah. uh, but I think, I don't know, man. It might be Margot and Todd. They're great. I don't know, Margot. <laughs> <laughs> They're just the fucking best yuppies ever. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So who who is it for you, though, man? I got to get an answer from you. Is it Aunt Bethany and Uncle Lewis? Yeah. I, well, I think I said Cousin Eddie already, but I'm going to go But you said it. Cousin Eddie for the, just the best performance of the whole movie. All right, fine. I'll go with Aunt Bethany and Uncle Lewis. All right. How about you? I'm going Cousin Eddie because I don't have him as the star of the movie. Okay. But I, I, I love Margot and Todd. <laughs> yeah, they're great. All right. So then I have a, does this still work? So are, are these, does, would this work if you made it today, right? I only have mm-hmm. two things. I have the lack of diversity. This is, there's nobody but the, white people in this whole movie. Except for the police chief, yeah. At the very end, who yeah. talks about beating somebody with like a rubber hose. Not a great representation of anybody yeah. else. Uh-huh. Um, and then Chevy Chase. He has aged awful. Um, yeah. He's notoriously hard to work with. He got fired from community because he was sexually harassing people. Um, <laughs> I don't know that Chevy Chase has, has aged very well. I mean, has he aged horribly? He's just an old man. That's no, what old men look like. I understand. But what I'm saying is when you when you look at how his career at the trajectory it was at and then where it's at now. For instance, look at somebody like Bill Murray, right? Roughly the same age, similar careers. Like he's an icon still, right? Nobody gives a shit about Chevy Chase anymore. That's true. And that's his own doing for all the reasons you just mentioned, you know, from, from his time in SNL when he got his launch basically. um, And supposedly got punched in the face on that show by one of the other cast members. Yeah. So he's always been that guy. So uh, yeah, I think, I mean, to answer the question, does this still work? No, Chevy Chase does not still work. He is not employed. So, no, he does not still work. Um, but I think from a movie standpoint, yeah, I think uh, the lack of diversity stands out. Um, but that was, I mean, this is the 80s. This <laughs> Apparently, all Hollywood knew in the 80s was, was white people. So Unless you're in Major League. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Willie well, Mays Hayes. Willie Mays Hayes. Uh, what? Okay. So to kind of, I, I just want to talk about Clark real quick because we, we both think that obviously diversity is an issue and then Clark or Chevy Chase is an issue. What is with Clark just trying in every movie trying to have sex with somebody else? Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's going on with that? In the first one, it's know. Christy Brinkley. And this one, it's the, the chick at the, the lady working the lingerie, you know, mm-hmm. uh, counter, which is, mm-hmm. is that a real thing? Lingerie ca- uh, counters in the mall? I don't know. Probably was in the eighties. It must've been. So like, what is he just that unhappy with his, with his life? Like what's going on? I don't know. He's got a loving wife. Who's a looker. She's an attractive woman. Yeah. What's his problem? I don't know. <laughs> maybe he's just maybe out there trying to shoot his shot. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> it's kind of odd though. I always found that really odd. Even as like a child. Yeah. I mean that there's, this is a deeper societal discussion where, you know, where men are, uh, men in movies are glorified for their pursuit of other women, despite being locked down with family at home, you know? It's like, oh yeah, that's funny. The thing that gets me is they present him as such like a family man in everything, in vacation. You know, he's, he's, he wants to take them on this like epic vacation, European vacation, 
right. a Christmas vacation. Like he's he's doing all this. They lead you to believe for his family, but then he's trying to hook up with like different women throughout the movies. I don't understand it. Yeah, it's a good question. Okay, it's unanswerable. Unanswerable, except that men are the cause of all evil things in this world. So that's true. And and you're a man, and I'm a man. So yeah, I didn't say me. <laughs> eh. yeah. Anyways, okay. Um, another question before we move on. So who do you who do you identify with more, the Griswolds or Margot and Todd? <laughs> oh God, uh, the Griswolds. Do you? Because I can, I can see from both. Like I understand both sides. You mean for me? I'm talking you, yeah, in general. And then you, you know, for me, you it's, can well, I can kind of see both for me personally. But no, I'm asking you. I don't see an ounce of myself in Margot and Todd. What like, it, like you just want to be left alone. You want to do your own thing. <laughs> like you don't want to uh, associate with your neighbors. <laughs> yeah, man, but those days are long gone. I've got kids. Just life isn't for me anymore. Just because you have kids doesn't mean you have to be like, you know, happy-go-lucky, associate with everybody in the neighborhood. But that's who I am in life. That's true. I like people. I I talk to people. I don't. I don't want to remove myself from society like you do. Um, But (laughs) I mean, so I like to be left alone by my children. That would be great. (laughs) And talk to other people. So you want to go outside, talk to your neighbors, so that you don't have to talk to your kids. That'd be kind of great, okay. just for like a half hour, or or more, <laughs> or a week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because little Indy just wants to root for ASU and the and the Red Sox. Fucking asshole. And then, <laughs> and then you tell him he's not allowed to root for them, and then he cries. Right. Yeah. How I did that I... go, by the way? <laughs> that, hey, so the, the ASU game was on, right? They were playing U of A. Uh-huh. It was and going to start. It was, was going to start. And he, uh-huh. just to be the contrarian, wants to rub you the wrong way, which I love in every, that's mm-hmm. like my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. And he wants to root for ASU. And yep. you would rather him not go to college than go to ASU, correct? Right. Okay. So how does that conversation go with a five-year-old? He's saying, hey, you know, I, I'm going to cheer for ASU. And I say, no, you can't. I'm just saying repeatedly, you can't, you can't. And he doesn't <laughs> understand that he can do whatever he wants and just pissed me off all day um he he takes it to me that i'm literally forbidding him to cheer for asu so he, he didn't cry cry but he got a little teary-eyed and i was glad so and you did not allow him no i mean i said fine you can cheer for whoever you want but i'm not going to be happy about it and then as arizona missed the game-winning field goal at the buzzer he says yay <laughs> And I was in a room of about 15 other people for this other kid's birthday party. And it took all my willpower to, to keep composed. Oh, this is, this makes me so happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just want to, I want a loving child like Mizuki, you know? Dude, da- Damien just, he's doing it life right though. You know what I'm saying? I guess. Yeah. Keep a kid in another country and yeah, see him once a year, take him to Disney. Yeah. Shout out to Mizuki. Um, our, I just want to talk about this so much more, but let's let's move on. Okay. All right. Uh, so this still works. Things that work that are that are in the movie. Uh, families at Christmas. I mm-hmm. think that this has a pretty. When you get this many people together, it is a good depiction of what it can turn out to be. I don't think anybody's family is like super always happy go lucky and everybody gets along. That's great if that happens, but I just don't think that's real. So I think this. <laughs> what are you laughing about? Nothing. I just, uh, you're not cynical at all, bro. Do you think that's, do you think that everybody gets along though? No, right? I'm not saying it's this extreme, but not everybody's going to be super pumped to be around each that's other. That's 
True. But I think people conceal it better. Yeah. Oh, than... for sure. This is an extreme. Okay. But I'm saying you see the moments again, like when they're reading uh, Night Before Christmas. Yep. Everybody's getting along. They're all they're all loving. I think a more realistic representation is when the father and when both fathers are arguing about who gets the parking spot. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, and rust, you know, uh, uh, rub my my the, my feet for a quarter. <clears throat> <laughs> A whole quarter. Yeah, a whole quarter. And I'll give Aubrey a quarter too. Uh, and then I think Rusty and Aubrey in this movie still work. Because again, we, we talked about it there. They ended up being, you know, pretty popular. Yeah. Um, I think the family at Christmas thing works well. I, that, that's a great choice. And I'm I'll, the cynical one. Yeah. But I mean, I think <laughs> I, I'd look at that as the idea of families at Christmas. That's and what I that, said. It, it, I know. Let me talk. And then in the end, things come around, and despite the differences, despite whatever bickering there may be, um, it's just a great time. Yeah. And you and you are around them, you know, just enough to forget every year or so that yeah, this could be a good time. And then coming together, and it's it's not as great as you thought it would be. I love that you're so you're just so happy, dude. It's it's good. I know it. It's good. I know. I know it. This is gonna be yeah. you in like fifteen years. You think so? Yes. Yes. Maybe not even 15 years, maybe like 10 years. I can't hang that many lights on my stucco house. We've, yeah, that's true. But at that point, maybe there's going to be more sophisticated uh, uh, light projections that you can buy that aren't yeah. so, hey, let me just press a button. Mm, not going to happen. Mm, all right. <laughs> would this movie be better if Gary Oldman was in it? And if so, who would he play? Gary Oldman would turn up his nose at this movie <laughs> and not give it a second thought. That but, is... And, does he ever has he, you know him intimately? What is the has he played a, a lighthearted role, or is he only somebody who's fending off death and and doing weird things in all of his movies? I, I mean, you could you could arguably say like the Fifth Element was a lighthearted role. He's the villain in that movie, but it's over the top, and it's it's so yeah. I mean, there's there's movies he was in RoboCop. Like he's been in plenty of bad movies. I'm not saying bad movies, but this is a comedy. And Fifth Element is a great movie. Yeah, agreed. But, um, and he has, there's humorous elements to his lines and his role there, but it's not this. Could he play a straight comedy? I think so. Why are we even talking about Gary Oldman? Because <laughs> Gary Oldman is my favorite actor and he needs to make an appearance in every, <laughs> in every podcast. It's on the list, dude. It's on the list I of know. questions. I saw it and I thought, wait, what? Why is this in here? <laughs> And I just explained it to you. <laughs> it's an unsatisfactory explanation. It's pretty satisfactory. Okay. <laughs> so I think he could play cousin uh, cousin Eddie. Oh my god! <laughs> Actually, I think he could play uh, Frank Shirley, who's Clark's boss. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. He could play the asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Good. But is he? I mean, Brian Doyle Murray is. It's not like he did a great job in that role. I suppose he did. Yeah, he's fine. I mean, I, I enjoy Frank's boss. He makes me laugh. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, yeah, I think that Gary Oldman could do that. Good for you. <laughs> Dude, you just, you just shitting on my categories, man. No, I'm not. I'm that one. <laughs> but fine, I'll, I'll, I'll know that the next time we talk about Mary Poppins, there'll be a Gary Oldman question or whatever. Yeah, this question's whatever. not going anywhere, buddy. Okay, good. I mean, we could go through his IMDb of all the movies he's been in that are... I mean, he's arguably one of the best actors that's alive. Fair. 
Okay. Okay. What does that have to do with Christmas vacation? (laughs) (laughs) It's a great question. I'd appreciate you putting some effort into it next time. All right. (laughs) Most memorable line. I got a lot. Go. (sighs) I don't want to spend the holidays. (laughs) I don't want to spend the holidays dead, which makes me laugh every time. (laughs) Oh, Ellen. Yeah, Yeah, Ellen. Uh, It's not going in our yard, Russ. It's going in our living room. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, kiss my ass, kiss his ass, kiss your ass, happy Hanukkah. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, <laughs> I don't know what to, I don't know what to say except Christmas and we're all oh Jesus I cannot read dude I don't know what to say except it's Christmas and we're all in misery. <laughs> <laughs> if I woke up tomorrow, <laughs> if I woke up tomorrow morning with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. <laughs> Good old Clark. Uh, Merry Christmas. The shitter was full. Uh huh. Hallelujah. Holy shit, where's the Tylenol? What do you got? I'm going off the board. I mean, you could put the whole rant. You that's, could. That's, that's one set. Well, Let's hear it. More than, What's the rant? Let's I'm, hear it. I, I'm not going to recite it. Come it's, on, man. It's one of the most well-known you know, I'm rants. waiting. <laughs> Keep waiting. <laughs> but I'm going off the board with, this is, we were talking about how the eggnog scene, the grocery store scene, they're subtle, it's, you can miss it if you're not paying close enough attention. And probably at some point when I was like 18 or 20, I picked up on this line. It's where Clark says, can I re- refill your eggnog for you? Get you something to eat? Drive you out to the middle of nowhere? Leave you for dead? <laughs> so good. And completely it's, under his breath. Yeah, right. As he's filling up the eggnog. Um, that's the best line in the movie for me. Okay. All right. Uh, for What's me, hallelujah, holy shit. Where's the time yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I think the most iconic for the movie is Merry Christmas. The shitter is full. Yeah. I mean, you see is. like t-shirts that have that. And uh-huh. I mean, Eddie is really the, the hero of this movie. Like that's mm-hmm. everybody loves him. All of the merchandising now when yeah. you see it is either the, the station wagon or, or Eddie. Uh, but for me, it's, it's hallelujah. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Where's the time? <laughs> and I'm not going to read that because clearly I can't read today and I'm not going to read that whole, that whole monologue, but it's great. I love it because it's, it's just a great mixture of some corny names that he throws in there. You know, like four flushing, snake licking, dirty eating, <laughs> and then dickless and fat ass and sack of monkey shit. It's a great mixture of you know, it's, wholesome it, stuff that the kids could hear and then yeah. stuff thrown in for the adults too. It's cheap, lying, no good, rotten, four flushing, low life, snake licking, dirt eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood sucking, dog kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat ass, bug eyed, stiff legged, <laughs> spotty lipped, worm headed, sack of monkey shit he is. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. What is spotty lipped, <laughs> worm headed? Some kind of guy with leprosy. I don't know. I would love. Now that we're mentioning this, I would love to know if he ad libbed that. Good question. I don't. I can't I don't, imagine he did. No. That's. Uh, I mean, let's let's give some due credit to John Hughes for writing that. All right. We're just you're just bashing him, saying this is his worst work of his career. I do. <laughs> At no time did I bash him. I just said this isn't some of his other movies. Yeah, this is his worst work. Anyway, that's not okay. <laughs> Move on, man. You and Damien need to do a podcast together. That would be preferable. You're both little. You're both little bitches. Okay. Shout out to Mizuki. Shout uh, out. Whose movie is it? So I have three people. Well, three things. I have Clark's, Eddie, and just kind of the overall family dynamic. 
it's not the third one. I can tell you that much. Um, <laughs> I'll say that it's Clark's movie. I mean, especially, I mean, he's the star of all the vacation movies, <clears throat> but this one in particular, because it's so centered around him and his efforts his over the top efforts, which, you know, for good and bad, he's trying to make Christmas so special for the family. Right. So it's his movie for me, even though I, I get a bit, a bigger kick out of Eddie in this. And I think he's got, um, just some of the more iconic moments. It's still Clark's movie for me. Don't you think what this you- is the most family centric of all the vacation movies though? Cause they're at his house. People, I mean, you see more of the family in this movie. Yeah. And I think that that's probably just due to, um, like you said, at the house, it's location based. It's yeah. not, it's not the journey. Um, which, you know, as they're traveling all over the place, you know, the, the, the road trips be- and the traveling becomes part of the, you know, a character essentially. So yeah, this is the most family centric. Okay. Uh, what do you wish there was more of in the movie? Like, what do you wish, what, what do you want to see more of? And I have cousin Eddie and then I have the, the family coming back to vacation when the pool is done. Oh, oh that <laughs> would be fun. Um, and I'm not saying like a standalone movie, obviously I'm just saying if they could add to the movie or like an epilogue, what would you yeah. want to see? Yeah, I think just more Cousin Eddie. <laughs> Although it might be, nah, not him. I don't know what I'd want to see more of. Um, because if you add more Cousin Eddie, it's just the right amount right now. Yeah, that's, if, if you, that's if what you I think. add a little more, maybe it's fine. But at this at this amount of Eddie is right, the perfect amount of Eddie. Hence why he got a standalone movie that went straight to TV. Yeah, all right. Like you just need to sprinkle him in. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, last question, unless you have anything. Uh, I've got nothing. Shocker. (laughs) (laughs) Underrated, overrated, properly rated. Again, I read 64% critics, 86% general audience. I already know where you're going to go, but let's hear it. It's an overrated movie. Okay. Like I said before, it's one I think our generation clings to. We hold it up um, because it, it was good in that moment. I think, like I said, it's it's a movie that appeals to younger audiences who are not as sophisticated as we are now, you know? Um, sophisticated? But I think, your favorite movie is Happy Gilmore. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> you, I said it's, dude, I said it's I'll, one of... I'll pull the tape. <laughs> Fine. But if you watch that movie now, still funny. It's still funny, it turns out, yes. yes. Adam Sandler not aged well. No. Humor-wise. No. I don't know what he looks like, but anyway, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so I think there. I think we like this movie so much because it has some some qualities. Um, it's got an iconic character, an iconic uh, actor, um, but there aren't many good Christmas comedies. So it's Christmas season. We want to watch Christmas movies. We don't want to just watch, you know, um, Die Hard. Know. <laughs> Fuck you. The um, but there aren't many good Christmas comedies. Like, how many can you name? I thought I could think of Scrooged, A Christmas Story, this. There's a lot of uh, comedies that they've made, but not good ones, at least to me. Yeah. So I think I think we're out of options, and so we keep coming back to this movie for some reason. I, I mean, with with some reason, um, but there just aren't many alternatives. There are a lot of great romantic comedies like Love Actually, Family Stone, but pure comedies there just aren't many. Yeah, so, so okay. 
I, I agree with you that it, it is overrated, and I think it's overrated for the for the reasons you're saying. Is that we're we're hungry for Christmas movies, and there's a there's a ton of nostalgia to this mm-hmm. movie, right? Um, you look at it because it's the idea of Christmas. You saw it when you were younger. You've grown up with it, so you look at it, you know, through rose colored glasses. Um, do you think something like Jingle All the Way is better than this? Trying hard to remember, I blocked that movie from my memory. Dude. Oh, oh, uh, Turbo Man, Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah, Sinbad. Yeah, okay, no. Okay, I just want—I mean, just want to make sure because I'll watch that at Christmas, and by no means do I think it's a good movie, but I always watch it at Christmas time. It's on the list of like movies I want to watch. Do you know who you saw that movie with? Did I see it with you? Yep, dude, I don't remember that. Did we? What theater did we see that at? At El Dorado. We did see it at El Dorado. Yeah. I, I'm starting to remember. I also I saw the first Harry Potter there. with you. Did you? Yeah, remember we went to see it at, at uh, Park Mall when they had the new newer theater, and we we ran into oh, Jason yeah. there. That's right. Yeah, you were like, "Well, I'm not seeing this shit," and I was like, "Yeah, it's supposed to be good. Let's go see it." <laughs> yeah, I remember being so mad. Um, I had never I had never read the Harry Potter books or the uh, Lord of the Rings books, and my my roommate, one of my best friends, Dusty, had read Harry Potter and said, "Oh, this is great. It's going to be better than Lord of the Rings." And I just remember being so mad, just based on the movie trailers that no it might be will not be wait what movie wise i don't i don't know i would i would argue that there's a couple of the movies i think the potter movies that are better than like return of the king sure um i think the book the books are better than lord of the rings probably but i think i think the the main question was harry potter one trailer based on that oh yeah yeah. it's going to be better than fellowship of the ring and anyway no, I mean they're they're. I don't know how you would quantify which one's better than each other because they're such different movies. Um, well, one, one is objectively a, the best movie of all time, basically. Uh, I mean, if, if you want to say that, I mean, one's not even universally regarded as. We're talking Fellowship of the Ring isn't even yeah. uni- universally regarded as the best movie of the, that series. I think it's the best movie of that series, but more people think that that Return of the King is the best movie of that series, and I think that's the worst. You know what? Those same people are like half of the audience for the Big Bang Theory. That could be. That could you be. You can't trust what America, the, you know, the greater population of America thinks. I'm with you, dude. I'm with okay. you. So we're not going to do a Big Bang Theory retrospective. Nah. Good. Well, I think we've I'm talked about that. it too many times on this podcast, man. We've brought it up too many times. Well, then back to Jingle All the Way. Yes. Um, not a good movie. Not as good as this. But if it were on, sure, I'd watch it because it's, you know, it's Arnold. So. Um, it's Sinbad. I know you're a big Sinbad, Sinbad fan. Uh, <laughs> what 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 movie? Okay, so what Christmas movies? I know we're we're kind of going off topic here, but since you brought it up, I'm interested. What Christmas movies would you rather watch than this? Just off the top of your head. I think so. My three three best movies of all time in my mind are Shawshank One, Fellowship of the Ring Two, Christmas. No, I'm sorry. It's a Wonderful Life Three. Um, so that to me, It's a Wonderful Life is the best Christmas movie. But I love Love hmm. Actually. The Family Stone is not a popular movie, but it strikes a chord with me and is very, very good. Um, to me, I'd rather watch that. I'd rather watch Scrooge, which, Scrooge, which I think is a very hilarious movie. Again, Bill Murray, icon, still working, um, not a sexual harasser. Um, a Christmas <laughs> Story is phenomenal. Charlie Brown Christmas. There's a lot of great Christmas movies. You have movies. yet to say Home Alone. <laughs> oh, Home Alone. Okay. H-A-U. One or two. Two is not a good movie. You one shut <laughs> your mouth you don't like to no i mean at the time when i was 11 when i watched it or however old i was oh my god 
this is how bad it was. I loved Home Alone. Yeah. I'm a 12 when number two comes out. Yeah. I watched it once. I never watched it again. Mm. If a 12 year old doesn't want to watch a Christmas movie with a character who's about the same age, there's something wrong. You've with never it. watched the second one again. Maybe like accidentally. Cool. Like I was. Oh God. It's so bad. Or it's just not memorable. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I don't like It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> and that wow. is a true story. It's not a fan. That's because you have no love in your heart. I mean, to be fair, 99% of that movie is not about love. And at the end, it you know, it redeems it's itself. All, it's all about love. Yeah, but it's a fucking downer. Man. It is, is it not? We yeah, should. Why, but... why did we not do a Scrooge podcast? I don't know. It would have been better than this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know what, buddy? I appreciate you being on with me, man. Good. I, <laughs> I think that came out wrong. I want to also say I enjoy being on the show. Yeah, It's awesome, man. You know what? And I, I hope you get some Christmas lights put up pretty soon. I, I think I might go do that right now because it's pretty much Christmas. Yeah. All right. So fellowship next. Yeah. All right, buddy. I appreciate you being on, man. Thanks a lot. Talk to you next time. As always, I want to thank you guys for listening. Thanks to Tyler for joining me. If you give us a like, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, that would be amazing. If you could tell a friend, tell a hundred friends. Got a few new uh, ideas for episodes coming up, guys. Pretty excited about them. Stay tuned. Shout out to Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman.